Hi everybody, just a quick offering message here from Dorian Road in Rains Park. Uh, it's amazing how God is so faithful every time when uh, I've got a offering message to share. I'm not sure what to share, I just ask God. And uh, this morning is amazing, just the impression came up that uh, give unto Caesar that belongs to Caesar and give unto God that which belongs to God. And it's from Luke 20 uh, where a bunch of uh, the Pharisees, I think, was it, uh, that just tried to corner Jesus into a into a difficult position, you know, where he had to deny the authorities and uh, he took a coin and explained uh, that you need to give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. And they were all baffled by that saying. But I really want to leave that with us this morning to just consider, um, you know, we, we spend a lot of time with our taxes and our budgets and our planning, but uh, maybe really consider what belongs to God and our finances and, and give unto Him that belongs to Him. I want to leave that with you. I, I want to pray that uh, you will open your heart for what what God wants you to give to Him today. Um, ultimately, it's your life, but even more so with our finances, really to put our trust in Him with uh, what we give to Him and say, Lord, this is, this is yours and it's holy and it's sacred. May you bring the multiplication to that. So with that, I'm just going to close in prayer and pray for God's increase. Amen. Father, I thank you for your blessings that's new every day. I thank you, Lord, that you will even provide those coins and the fish uh, when we so desperately need it, Lord, to cover something uh, that we don't have the money for, be it our taxes, Lord, or whatever it is. I just thank you that um, even beyond that, you want to bless us with additional coins, to, to give to you, Lord, and not to just to take for ourselves. And, um, yeah, we pray for the increase in this church, Lord. We, we thank you for the tithes and offerings in this church that's sacred and it's, it belongs unto you. And may you bring the increase, Lord. May you multiply it. In Jesus' name. Good morning on this beautiful Sunday morning. It's uh, amazing to spend some time with you and uh, I do realize that it's uh, challenging again because we are in lockdown here in the United Kingdom and um, this uh, brings a lot of implications to us but uh, I also know that uh, the light is at the end of the tunnel that um, in the beginning of December we hope for our Prime Minister to announce that we can um, relax these um, measures again but it's still amazing to spend time with you and also we must recognize that uh, the times that we are living in is extraordinary times it's amazing times um, times where we are really close to God and experiencing um, the blessing of prophetic utterance as we've not seen before and I want to encourage you this morning in saying that it's really a time when we must be obedient to what God is saying to us. It's a time when I believe that God has a desire to act upon his people, to come through for his people, to speak into the lives of his people. Um, and um, often we hear in the Bible, it speaks of the Lord of hosts. Um, and this refers to Jesus being the commander of the armies of heaven. The fact that he is willing to, in these times, even command his angelic um, um, forces, angels, 
to, uh, to act on, on our behalf and to, to fight the war with us. And so I want to talk this morning about being patient in the midst of, you know, a time when we can easily become irritated and uh, desperate to see breakthrough. To be patient, and this is what um, James is speaking about when um, he mentions in chapter 5 of James, and, and, and I'll be speaking about that this morning, um, where he's actually uh, telling the church uh, through this epistle to be patient and to allow God's work to be done in and through their lives. Now, we know that James is the one called the just um, that uh, wrote the book of James. This was also the little brother of Jesus. And we don't have a lot of reference of the brothers of Jesus being committed to him and following him, which is quite ironic if you think about all the miracles and um, lifestyle that they've seen. Um, but we can also not say that they've not been committed. One thing we know is that this little brother of his was the one that after Pentecost actually started to uh, preach the gospel and to get involved in Acts. We read about this and even in Galatians um, where James is involved in proclaiming the word of God. Now, James, the book of James, the epistle of James is also known as the, um, the Proverbs of the New Testament because it's also a book of action, a book of practice. Now, um, it, it proclaims practice, not just profession, uh, because that is the test of obedience. The fact that you and I must commit ourselves not to just be hearers of the word, but to do whatever God has called us to. And, um, and James is such an example. He, um, he died a martyr's death, you know, at Passover, uh, when many people gathered in Jerusalem, uh, the Pharisees actually challenged him. And at the end, he, um, he died by the Fuller's Club um, and he was beaten to death uh, by a Fuller's Club. Now, this is a, you know, just a such a bad death. Um, a Fuller's Club is, you know, a, a club or a baton that um, that has tentacles or or even, you know, knives um, that comes out of it, so that when you hit your opponent, you um, enforce a lot of scars uh, or bruises upon his, um, his body. And James died this death being hit against the head. Um, and we see even pictures of that uh, being depicted um, through the centuries of the martyrdom of James. So he was committed to also go to action on behalf of the gospel, of the, that which he really believed in. So let's read James chapter 5. And if you have your Bibles with you, please follow with me, because uh, I'm going to read the whole chapter. I believe these days that God is really calling us to, um, to read his word and to make sure that we delve into the word a lot, because he's preparing us uh, for the season um, ahead. So please make sure to read the word and to, to make it part of your lives. So verse 1 of chapter 5. Come now, you rich. And he's addressing the rich. So listen to this because it's not just about the money. It's about the dependency that they have not on Christ or, um, 
or the conviction of God being the judge and the ruler and the sovereign ruler over everything, but they are exalting themselves above God and making themselves to be lords. So, so listen to the arrogance of the people um, at this time that James is speaking against. He says, come now, you rich, weep and howl. This is an address that they should um, start to weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. So, so he's telling them and he's not even uh, asking them to uh, weep and howl um, to change their ways. He's warning them that judgment already has come against them. Um, your riches, verse 2, have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud. These are things that we, you know, these days um, hear so often about, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered a righteous person. He does not resist you. So here we see that James is saying that the revenge is God's for those who are oppressed, that he's fighting on behalf of those who are experiencing the oppression of those who are arrogant and um, have the kind of money that exalt themselves and think that they are the judges. They are the people that can actually lord it over others, that could um, use their money to save them. And uh, it's ironic because it says that it's, the gold even is corroded. Now, we know that um, gold cannot be corroded. Um, but this makes it even worse in this picture that um, James is depicting to us. Because it means that even gold will corrode. Even the things that they as the rich think would save them in such a day. Uh, will be will not be enough when God comes against them that it would only be those who are thankful in heart for what God has given them um, and that knows that their reward is eternal that will experience being blessed by God being fought over from God's side and it says that even the Lord of hosts will command his armies against them um, or for them uh, against the rich and the oppressors. The oppressors. And so it, um, it speaks of God getting back to be the judge in such a time. Now, I want to be clear. I'm um, very cautious these days to make judgments against anyone and you know, uh, speak into the circumstances that we are currently living in because the world is really in such a vulnerable place of, um, of even choosing and um, dire straits of making choices to follow um, the, the ways of God or not. But I do want to say 
that um, I believe that, you know, we, we came into full circle again, where God is judging the nations, where God is showing his mighty hand and he is fulfilling his promises um, and he's showing himself faithful to his people. He says to, um, to those who are oppressing others, he says to them, your sins are exposed because fraud, self-indulgence, and even your condemning of the righteous is not unseen. God has seen this and he's going to act um, against you. So let's go to, uh, to verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits. This is beautiful. To be patient like the farmer for the precious fruit of the earth. Being patient about it until it receives early and the latter rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, who consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job and you have seen the purposes of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. So James is saying here that that if we are willing to wait upon God, to be patient on his prophetic timeline, um, that we would see the latter rains and the former rains come in due season, like the farmer is waiting with seed sowing um, and not even having the ability to take the harvest to the next level unless the rain falls. A desperate waiting and a surrendering to nature and to, uh, to the laws of nature. Um, waiting so that the seasons can fulfill its produce. And so he says that we must be at the same place, getting onto God's prophetic timeline to wait when he starts to bring judgment and he starts to speak to his people, to reveal his heart and his agenda to his people, that we would be able to, uh, to act upon the Lord. But to wait and to know that this is an active waiting, a time where it even says that, you know, Job was such a person, a person that could wait upon God until God would come through for him and he would see even greater blessings bestowed upon his life. And so it speaks of steadfastness um, until the appearing of the Lord happens. To wait and trust. We can't force the hand of God in seasons when, when God is not wanting to act um, as we would think he, he's going to. But just to be found ready and doing the work that he has called us to do faithfully. The little that is given us to be committed to that so that we can be rewarded in due season. Because it says in verse 7 that the judgment day is near. God will bring complete justice in his time. And so it asks for steadfastness that uh, we would be an example even 
And it says that uh, the prophets before us was such an example. But it's expecting us to also be a prophetic example to others that's, um, that's following us and that's going to follow after us in generations to come. That they would see our steadfastness of suffering and patience in the Lord and that they will know that the active waiting in which we committed ourselves to in faith to do only what God is saying in, in, in the right times and seasons would be an example to them and will raise up um, those who follow behind us to, uh, to fulfill the commitments of God. And, uh, and Job was being called blessed <laughs> because he did not challenge God's judge, justice. He never gave up on God and he never cursed God because Job knew that even though his circumstances were severe and his circumstances was um, in worldly terms, you know, the end of the world for Job. He stuck in there and he made sure to commit himself to be faithful and steadfast in the Lord. My message to you this morning is to stay, to keep on being faithful, steadfast. To put your heart, as the word says, you know, it's, it's, it's such a um, beautiful way. He says, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Establish your heart in this time. Be encouraged. Don't start to lose heart and to... Um, to even doubt in God or to walk away from God, but be even more committed to know that God is going to come through so that you can get onto his prophetic timeline. It's beautiful to see that James is actually mentioning more than three times. He is saying uh, to the, the hearers of the epistle, he's calling them brothers. As if he says, listen, my brothers, those who I love, those who I know, you know, serves the Lord. I want to encourage you not to be impatient. <laughs> but I want to encourage you to be steadfast, to keep on going and doing what is on God's heart. Verse 12, but above all, my brothers, and I want you to note this. He says, but above all, as if he's exalting or even emphasizing this um, uh, uh, um, nugget of gold that he's sharing now. He says, My brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be your yes and your no be your no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Now, this is important one, because after all that is being said here, James says, Above all, brothers, make sure that your yes is your yes, that you lead by integrity, that you come to a place where you can commit yourself in certain ways and that you will do what you say, that your convictions will be some things that you live by, that it's not just things that you hear, but things that you do, that when you commit yourself to do the things of God, that you will commit yourself to actually fulfill them. And, um, and this is a beautiful picture because I can say to you, sometimes we even commit ourselves to unrealistic promises and we are not authentic in our journey with the truth. 
Um, but James is saying that we must get back to integrity. We must do what we've been committed to do. But don't let feelings lead you during these difficult times. But keep your commitments and your convictions um, by doing the right thing. And this is important because I see many Christians not feeling doing the right thing and that they go astray and do other things that is more comfortable and easy to fulfill. And, uh, and we must commit ourselves in these days of even oppressing of, you know, maybe it's your circumstances. Maybe it's even, you know, your frustration in um, the current circumstances that you find yourself in or your boss or your, the pressures from work or even your debtors. <laughs> um, and I want to say to you this morning, this is not the time to, to walk away from your convictions. It's not the time to move away from the things that you know is the truth of God. And is God's will for your life. Don't walk away even from the calling that God has placed upon your life. Because life is looking different. Make sure to stay commitment. Because it's only our convictions that has the eternal value. To fulfill eternal things that we will be rewarded. Not maybe even in this lifetime. But in the, in the life to come. Verse 13. Um, it... Uh, it brings us to a place where James is saying, after all of this now, you know, after getting these principles right, being steadfast, putting our faith in the right place, let us then talk about the power of prayers in our lives. And I'm going to just read through it, but it's such a blessing to hear the power of a steadfast believer when he prays. Listen to this, verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith. Listen to this. This is beautiful. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. This is the power of prayer. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And this is beautiful. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Can I read this again? The prayer of a righteous person has great power. Not just power, great power. As it is working. Verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again and heaven gave rain. And the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him now know what, that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. In conclusion this morning, I want to leave a few pointers with you. 
The first one is be careful that your wealth on earth makes you feel powerful rather than God's prophetic leading in your life. Don't find your comfort in your estate, in um, how much you have gained in worldly terms. Because I believe it's going to become less and less important to have material gained and more important to be um, have to have spiritual depth in our lives. Secondly, treat others fairly and allow God to use you in their lives. You are blessed to be a blessing, not to exalt yourself over others. Know that God put you in positions so that you will be able to, um, to be a blessing to other people, not to exalt yourself and to um, make a name for yourself even or to make life comfortable for yourself but use the means that God has given you to bless other people around you thirdly let God be the judge he will expose and deal with the wicked number four stay in tune with God's prophetic timeline in judgment and your breakthroughs let me read it again stay in tune with god's prophetic timeline in judgment and your breakthroughs number five inspire others by staying steadfast to god's timeline what an inspiring word this morning um, from the epistle of james to be patient to wait upon God, to be inspired by those who steadfastly follow the Lord. And, um, you know, I get more respect for people these days that are willing to, to stay steadfast, <laughs> to, uh, to stay put into uh, putting God first and to allow God to complete the full work that he has started in, um, in our lives. Do you want your prayers to be powerful, your prayers to be heard, to be working? And God is saying it's time to be steadfast. It's time to be faithful. It's time to allow yourself to, um, to be on the agenda of his prophetic timeline. Father, we come to you this morning and we want to pray in Jesus' name that your will will be done in our lives. That even in the midst of our circumstances and the lives that we are living at this moment, that you will perform your judgment against our enemies and your enemies. And Father, that you will allow us to be on your side, to see the mighty hand of God uh, coming and fighting on our behalf. And we call upon the 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 Lord of hosts, to send your angelic forces on behalf of your people to see justice upon the earth. Let our communities, Father God, not be oppressed by injustice. Let our communities not be oppressed by leaders that are fulfilling their own agendas. And Father God, making a name and a a political statement for themselves.
but rather, Father God, let your kingdom come in our lives. Father, let your kingdom come in our communities and let you be the judge, Father, that brings vengeance against your enemies. Father, we pray that uh, we will become so sensitive to your word. We will become so sensitive to your leading. And we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus that um, we will be able to, to see the mighty exploits that you will be doing in these days. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to encourage you this morning to um, commit yourself to be prayed for. I know it's difficult to sometimes, you know, pick up the phone, even write the email or, you know, to after this um, sermon, get onto Zoom and to actually commit yourself to be prayed for. But we are willing to pray with you and we are trusting that God can really complete the work that he has started in your life. If you are at a place this morning where you know that you've wandered away from God, that you put your trust in the wrong things, rather in your wealth and the stability of your financial freedom and, um, and not in a prophetic alignment to where God is heading with your life. And I want you to afterwards just click on that Zoom link that we've provided and, um, and let us pray for you. Let's trust God um, to speak into your life. If you're not looking at this um, sermon um, live, then you can even e email us and we will contact you as soon as we can. But let people pray with you so that God can start to, to do a complete work of steadfastness within your life. Um, thank you for listening this morning and let's trust God to really lead us to a place where we can be part of this amazing prophetic timeline that He is unfolding in the times that we are living. Thank you.